Hey everybody, welcome in to Sports Plus Live. If you're watching us live on Thursday night on social media or the Sports Plus podcast, if you are listening on the podcast, I'm Corey Miller here with Five Side Sports Director Frank Cusimano. And Frank, uh, this is usually uh, one of the most fun sports times of the year. There's a lot going on. Not quite the same now. We don't have hockey going on. We don't have bat- NBA right now either. But we've got quite a bit still to talk about. First things first, I'm getting excited for college hoop season. We haven't talked hoops at all on the podcast in a long time, probably since uh, the tournament got postponed or canceled, really, back in March. So I'm excited to talk some college hoops. Let's break down our three big local college teams because we could have some exciting things from all these guys this year. Hopefully we get a season in. Let's talk about that first, actually. What do you think the odds are? that we're going to see a completion of a college basketball season. We've already seen teams cancel a whole bunch of stuff. We saw when they tried to make a tournament in March, it didn't happen. What's your kind of uh, feel right now on what we're going to see, just college basketball in general in terms of a season in a pandemic? Well, it's always about the money in sports. And I think with the NCAA tournament being scrapped last year and losing all that money, the NCAA, even with a makeshift season, is going to find a way to have a March Madness and have the 67 games over a three-week period played in the city of Indianapolis and make that thing happen. I, I do. Um, are we going to miss some games? Are there going to be some cancellation of games? Is there going to be a limited non-conference schedule? Yes, yes, yes. But in terms of March Madness, I just can't picture you know, the NCAA not having them in back-to-back years. They do not want to miss out on that money, that, that's for sure. Let's dive into these local teams. Let's start with SLU. You're wearing the blue today. I just wrote like 700 words praising SLU, and they deserve it. I'm really excited to watch SLU play basketball this year. They kick off, or they tip off next Thursday, actually. I think against Nebraska, I think that just came out, if I have that right. I, I'm so excited. This has got to be, you've watched SLU basketball for a long time. Have you ever been more excited for the start of a year than you are for this team this year? I don't think so. I'm not saying that this is the best team that SLU's ever had. I am saying that it is the deepest team. Because even when Spoonhour had those NCAA tournament squads with Highmark, Claggett, and Waldman, they got about four or five players, max. You got about nine or ten here, including the big three in Javante, Pitt, J- Javante um, Perkins, Jordan Goodwin, and Hassan French. So that means going into every game, Travis Ford's got about 50 points maybe 20 rebounds and eight assists and five or six steals. Every game with those three. Then you have the best passer in the history of the program in Yori Collins. You have a shooter like Gibson Jimerson. And then you also have a guy like Fred Thatch who has a lot of Jordan Goodwin characteristics. So they won 23 last year. They return almost everybody. I just can't picture them not being an NCAA tournament team. They're just so deep when writing about them. Okay, that's who's going to play. I thought I was done. And then, oh, no, he's going to get some minutes. Oh, he's going to get some minutes, too. What about Terrence Hargrove? He's going to get some minutes. I mean, they just keep coming at you. Travis is going to have an interesting time divvying up playing time, but I think that's probably a good problem to have. I think when he first got here, this was the year that I think they were always targeting, especially once you got Goodwin and uh, French on board. Their senior season, I think, was going to be the one, okay, all our chips are in. This is when we know we can make a deep run, and they're set up perfectly. I think this has worked according to plan, exactly how they planned it out. Yeah, I think 
he'd love to have one and dones and McDonald's All-Americans and lottery picks, but there's something to be said for having two guys who are going to finish their career with a thousand points and a thousand rebounds and do it over four years in French and Goodwin. They're, they've been something else. What's your quick scouting report on the guy from uh, the freshman from Sweden, the tall guy who can shoot? Is he going to get some minutes too? Yeah, he's a stretch four, and I think he's going to be in the rotation like a, like a top seven player, top eight player. I do think like if it's going to be Gibson Jimerson or Fred Thatch is the fifth starter, one of those guys is six, and then Hargrove is seven, and then that guy probably slots in at eight. Definitely be fun to watch. Uh, let's talk Mizzou now. Conzo Martin, hey, the Tigers have maybe the most experienced team in all of college basketball. They got a lot of seniors, and they got a lot of people that have been there for a while that should know what it takes. This is a huge year for Jeremiah Tillman if he wants to play in the NBA. And we've seen flashes of what he can be, but the fouls have always been a problem. I'm excited to watch Mizzou, but I go into it knowing it's Mizzou, so there's a good chance things don't work out, but they've got an exciting team too. Yeah, they do, and it's the heavy accent is on skill level and guard play. I mean, they could trot Jeremiah Tillman out there with four guards, and all those guards can play, and all those guards are grown men. They're, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old. There's something to be said for that, Corey. I know, once again, you'd like to have four- and five-star guys and just elite McDonald's All-Americans. But if you get a bunch of guys in the program for three years, and Conzo's a solid coach with his system and the way they defend, you know, I think you have a chance to be a middle-of-the-road SEC team, and that usually means you got a shot at the NCAA tournament. A shot. How big of a year is this for Conzo? I, I don't know if he's quite on the chopping block or not, but it feels like he does need to perform pretty well this year. Yeah, I think if he would have a, a really disappointing season with a veteran team, you know, I think the natives would be restless. But also, Corey, in this era of COVID-19, where the revenues coming in to an athletic department are dramatically lower and you have a huge buyout, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially if you throw in the fact that Conzo Martin is as good a guy and has as much integrity as anybody in college basketball. There's, I don't know if there's a coach in sports I like listening to more than Conzo because you know he's going to give it to you straight. He's got a great speaking style. You're right. I love listening to Conzo and rooting for the best for him. So we've talked about SLU and, Illinois, or and Mizzou and talked them up, and now we're going to talk about the team that everybody in the country is hyping up. Some saying Final Four bust, Illinois, lots of talent. They got their two big guys back, didn't leave for the NBA, Io and Kofi. Are you buying in as much as Illinois fans for sure? And actually people around the country are buying in on Illinois so far. Well, they should because Coach Underwood's teams don't underachieve and he's going to max out their skill level. I talked to him the other day, we had him on the radio, and he said Kofi is now up to 297 pounds. This is seven foot Kofi Coburn, seven feet tall, 297 pounds, and he said his body fat has been reduced. This guy is going to be a specimen. And then Ayodusumu is, you know, one of the great guards in college basketball. He is a legitimate, you know, first-team All-American candidate. 
Plus, they bring in a shooter who Coach Underwood said is maybe the best shooter they've ever brought in to the program. So you get everybody returning. You have an unbelievable recruiting class. Why can't they be a Sweet 16 team? Going to have a lot of fun basketball to watch around the area, that's for sure. But no matter what, remember this. Mizzou won the great coin flip of 2020 against yeah. Illinois. No matter what else happens, that happened first. So I think they should raise a banner uh, before the Bragging Rights game. So that game Mizzou should Arena. be played, by the way. <laughs> and you know what else should be played is Mizzou and SLU. And you can make this happen like that because you know how they're writing these schedules right now? They're writing the schedules, Corey, with a pencil and an eraser. Oh, they can't play? Let's try this one. Like Northern Iowa just canceled on SLU you know, a, a few days ago. So SLU is looking for a game. Mizzou could work that out. I mean, you drive in 90 minutes. Nobody wants to get on an airplane. Make the thing happen. The SLU and Mizzou should play this year more than any year. And if they want to play it in my backyard, Monique and I can referee. It makes too much sense. And I do get the feeling, I'll say this, and I think you feel the same way. It's mostly been on Mizzou's end for them not playing because Mizzou feels like they have nothing to gain. At least that's been the thought because they're supposed to beat them. And then if they don't beat them, they look bad. That's not the case. SLU has a much better team than Mizzou, and everybody knows that. But this should definitely happen. Throw any of that past thinking out of the way. This should happen this year of all years. I agree with you. We'll see what happens. And I will say this. I kind of joked around with Mike Bush on television about it. Um, but a Missouri Athletic Department official told me today, you never know what could happen. And SLU is always open to the idea. So we'll see what happens. Let's move on. Let's do some baseball. It is, I guess you can call it hot stove season, although the stove is not very hot anywhere around baseball. You sat down with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt uh, just the other day talking about quite a few things, uh, especially Yachty and Wainwright. Of course he wants them back, but even he seemed to say, hey, I know it's a business. If they think they got to move on, I'll be the first to call him and congratulate him. What kind of insight did you uh, glean from Schilt there when it comes to the biggest questions for the Cardinals this offseason? Well, um, I think he's well aware of the Cardinal budget restraints as we speak. I mean, this is an organization that relies on a lot of their revenue from in-game attendance. And if you read most reports, they probably lost $150 million by not having fans at Bush Stadium last year. I think, you know, he's preparing for the worst. He's hoping for the best. Uh, the whole Wainwright situation uh, with the Braves is very intriguing. They could desperately need a guy like that. You finish your career where you start it. He lives there half the time. I don't think anybody would blame Adam Wainwright, you know, if the Braves give him a better offer. The Yachty thing, it all, it all comes down to this. Well, is there a team out there, the Angels or the Yankees, that will offer Yachty or Molina two years? Because the Cardinals won't do that. They'll, do, they'll go a year with an option. Yeah, I don't blame either Yachty or Wainwright. If they find a better situation where they can win another championship, get paid and go somewhere they want to go, go for it because they don't, they don't owe the Cardinals anything. Uh, I would love to see them stick it out here. Obviously, everybody would, but the way things are shaping up, especially financially, it doesn't look like that's going to – doesn't look like that might not happen. Okay. Let's, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Let's do a random Cardinals card here. I got my, I got my file here. Who do we got? Oh, 
Oh, flip right there. This is the same page I think I... Okay, here we go. Kent Bottenfield. Wow. Right? Who, One of the who actually is a pretty important a pretty important guy in Cardinals history if you go back and trace the trades that happened after the Cardinals traded him. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> of things that jump out. First of all, the Edmonds trade. And he, Corey, he's the classic example of, like, if you're in the stock market and you buy a stock that's a three and it goes to a 30, then you sell it. And that's what they did. He was a guy that won seven or eight games, and then all of a sudden he wins 18, he goes to the All-Star game, and they sell him, and they got Edmonds in return. And he's also a guy that you have to really appreciate Dave Duncan because he did nothing before he was with Dave Duncan and nothing after when he wasn't with Dave Duncan. And then that year when he was with him, he was unbelievable. Dave Duncan, the guy should be in the freaking Hall of Fame. Everybody he touched turned to gold. If you want to go even down the, more down the rabbit hole, the Cardinals don't trade Bottenfield for Edmonds. They don't trade Edmonds eventually for... Yeah, freeze. Oh, yeah. hold on. They don't Freeze. trade Edmonds eventually for David Freeze. That doesn't happen if you really want to go that far down in the hole. He's taking a phone call? Oh, hold on. There you are. My, uh, if you're watching this live, my wireless headphones have died, so I had to pick up my phone, and oh. I just switched that, and nobody heard me talking. I'll start my point over. <laughs> Sorry if it looked. I am not on the phone with anybody. If you're watching this yeah, live, I, I'm on the phone with Frank. Technically, I thought you got if hungry you and were ordering Edmonds, a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't trade for Edmonds, you maybe never get David Freeze. If you even want to go down that path, so uh, a really interesting trade in Cardinals history. Uh, what's our last thing here? Let's wrap it up. Saturday is going to be the hundredth birthday of the late great Stan Musial. Uh, the Musial Awards coming up, by the way, hosted by Mike Bush. Don't want to miss them. They're going all out for Stan's 100th uh, Stantennial celebration. Uh, Frank, so many great memories. And every time we do something with Stan and I have to look on AP images for great photos, Musial has the best by far. Like, there are so many cool pictures there. I'm sure you have some memories over the years. What's uh, maybe a Stan memory that sticks out to you? Well, one time uh, he came down to Channel 5. And um, we, we were waiting to bring him into the studio for Sports Plus. And I said, you know, Stan, my family's been in the restaurant business. I, and we used to go to Stan Musial and Biggie's, the one by the airport, all the time for Sunday breakfast. And I said, so how did you like the restaurant business? And he said, Frank, do you know how you make a small fortune in the restaurant business? I said, no, how? He says, you start with a large fortune. <laughs> so... <laughs> it is a tough way to make a living. I remember another time, um, I have one brother who knows nothing about sports, and we're in the elevator with Stan, um, and my brother says, he's like the dumbest question of all time, he says, uh, did you really like playing baseball? And Stan said, well, when you hit 331, you tend to like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there is no shortage of great Stan Musial stories, that's for sure. I'm sure we'll be hearing... Uh, quite a bit in the next few days as everybody remembers what would have been Stan's 100th birthday. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in for this episode, or if you watch it live, of the Sports Plus podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Cusimano. We should be back next week for another episode. Maybe we'll have a Cardinals move. We'll definitely have some flu material to digest when they play next Thursday, given everything goes well. 
and maybe even some of Zoo Talk as well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good night.